Welcome. You're listening to The Bump Podcast, a place for believers of the unexplained, monsters, and paranormal. I'm your host, Bo Kennedy. Join us as we go face-to-face with what goes bump in the night. Hey there, believers. On this episode, I call Australia, and I speak to Rod, who uh, he's had some interesting yaoi activity down there that he wanted to discuss, and then we got we get into a couple other topics also. Um, side note, I also learned that um, my AT&T Unlimited plan does not cover international calls. Um, I found that out the hard way. So, that being said... If you would like to help support the podcast, you can uh, go to anchor.fm forward slash the bump podcast, and there's a little donate button there for uh, support for the show. Feel free um, to donate any amount you like or not. I mean, this can always just stay a free show. I'm not, obviously, I'm not going to get rich off this, but I just wanted to put that out there. I would love your support. It'll help me to get new equipment and whatnot. So, uh, maybe even cover this AT&T bill. Okay, now, enjoy your show. So lovely to make the acquaintance, mate. Uh, my name is Rod, and uh, uh, I live uh, in a beautiful part of Australia, in the southeast corner of Queensland. And, um, yeah, well, we'll, uh, we'll talk about uh, uh, my first um, incident with a, um, well, uh, what Probably described as a yellowy. Uh, nothing else uh, sort of fits the bill. So, um, uh, well, myself personally, I, uh, I'm a security officer on a defence base. Uh, as I said, uh, uh, seven-day turnaround roster, uh, all night shifts, and uh, yes, they were yeah, used to wandering around in the dark. And well, this. Uh, the first encounter, um, a, a very good mate of mine, he retired early, and his dream was always to have a, uh, a small farming property, um, you know, uh, improve the ground, uh, improve the land, and uh, improve the hunting on it. So uh, I would just say maybe uh, around... Uh, 2010, uh, he found his uh, little piece of heaven. So uh, uh, gave him a hand, and uh, we put up a cabin there, and uh, yeah, everything was sweet. You know, he uh, 
uh, he loved it. And, and the main thing was he wanted his wife to love it as well, you know. Somewhere to slip down, um, you know, retired, slip down during the week or, uh, you know, on a weekend. You know, occasionally invite a mate down, <laughs> which is uh, very good. And uh, anyway, uh, uh, this all, well, the, the mystery of the place started um, for me in November, uh, November 2018. Uh, I won't give his name away because uh, it, it's still ongoing. And uh, so I'll be uh, probably a little bit scant on information uh, about the property and and uh, and my mate. So anyway, we're, uh, we're sitting on a dam uh, a couple of hours north of Brisbane, uh, fishing away. And uh, I just, for some reason, I just said to Rick, have you ever had anything strange happen on your property? Well, it was like I'd slapped him. Uh, he just looked at me, his, his face dropped, and I, I, I looked at him and I was, I was actually a little bit perturbed um, by it. And I said, well, mate, what's wrong? And he said, he said uh, things are happening down there that I can't explain. And uh, anyway, uh, I said, well, uh, such as... He said, well, uh, we can be down there and it, it's like something comes up and slaps the cabin. Anyway, I said, well, um, my mate's ex-army, uh, very logical uh, man and always has a plan A, B, C and D. So, um, yeah, it's just a great guy to have around. Anyway, so we, we sat back and, uh, and discussed, you know, just slapping at the cabin. And, you know, he said he'd been around and uh, everything was basically clear around the cabin. And, uh, you know, it's uh, the cabin itself and the property. Uh, uh, I will say it's to the, just, just to the uh, uh, west of the Great Dividing Range uh, here in the southeast corner of Queensland. Anyway, so... Uh, um, yeah, it, um, yeah, it was just a, a complete mystery to him. And uh, uh, yeah, I'd, uh, I've been looking, or always had an interest in uh, Sasquatch Yowies. Anyway, so I, uh, I, I said to him, "Well, mate, what, what the, the so-called experts reckon? You know, light the place up, trail cameras." And you know, being a hunting property, you know, heaps of trail cameras, and uh, and and just uh, yeah, just be very aware. Um, he usually travels down with his dog and uh, and his missus. And I also said, uh, uh, keep a loaded rifle handy, you know. Um, yeah, just just in case. You know, it didn't it didn't sound good. Okay, so. Uh, I, I, just the way things were, um, I, I was time pressed at that, or time poor, and uh, I, I couldn't get down there straight away. Anyway, so uh, but yeah, you know, we'd be on the phone, you know, at least once a week, and uh, and I'd always ask, you know, um, how's the property going? Anyway, so um, the cabin slapping 
um, uh, was the first. Um, he put in a, uh, you know, quite a nice cabin, and he had a uh, a retaining wall to a lower section, and then a uh, uh, a path uh, running up from a, uh, a set of gates. Anyway, uh, he uh, he pulled up there uh, one morning, um, you know, just a trip down, uh, parked up, walked out the back. And the pavers, uh, probably uh, seven or eight pavers, had been lifted out and stacked. Now, there's no rhyme or reason. <laughs> and uh, I, uh, uh, my, my mate did uh, take photos. And uh, anyway, so he sat there scratching his head. Uh, the first thing I said to him was, you know, was, was there any sign of, uh, you know, uh, them being pried up or anything or were too used and uh, he said no no yeah, it was it was like they'd just been physically uh, lifted straight up and plucked out of the uh, out of the um, path so uh, yeah I'm thinking oh, you know echidna um, yeah, might have got a snout under there and maybe a little bit of a flip but uh, uh, on the uh, visit down the, um, uh, there was there was just no way they it was on a uh, a, a bed of sand and uh, a crusher dust and uh, uh, very very tightly put together. Uh, uh, this is when I, uh, you really start to get weird because um, I just couldn't comprehend the strength that, that would be needed to um, lift these papers out and just to be stacked there. So uh, yeah. Yeah, the uh, uh, the mystery started to uh, uh, really increase. Okay, so um, now uh, this is where it starts to get really strange. As I said, it was a hunting property, and uh, um, you know, it was all about improvements uh, to the uh, you know to the property itself, as far as um, uh, feed and water and all the rest of it. So anyway, uh, late well, just on dusk, um, my mate was there, and uh, uh, a pest animal was there. Uh, I won't go too too much into it, but you know, quite legal. And uh, so uh, lined up, uh, sweet little uh, Remington two sixty, and uh, uh, put a nice solid hit into this animal. Uh, it, it took off downhill uh, to the west. Uh, nice solid shot, so um, it wasn't going to go too far. But just keeping in mind it was running downhill. Uh, everything sort of sloped away from the cabin. So that was fine. Uh, next morning, we got up. Oh, <laughs> you'll have to end with that, mate. Uh, old mate got up and uh, had a bit of a wander around. And here's the animal that he shot, and it had been placed uh, at the back of the cabin. Uh, as most hunters know, um, wounded or dying animals, they don't run uphill. And uh, there's just, uh, there was no, uh, no uh, tracks or blood. It had well and truly bled out, and then uh, uh, by the look of it, it had been placed. Um, 
at the back of his cabin. Uh, yeah, that was uh, a little bit disconcerting. Okay, so uh, it, um, uh, at this stage I still hadn't been down and one of old mate's neighbours happened to call in and, and see my mate and uh, they were sitting around, you know, uh, yapping for a little while and his neighbour out of blue said, uh, uh, have you had anything strange happen here? And uh, my mate said, uh, strangers in what? And he said, I think I've got a poltergeist. And uh, my mate said, well, what makes you say that? And uh, uh, a, a little bit more background, the, uh, the neighbour's cabin would be approximately, oh, maybe 1,200 metres uh, from uh, my mate's cabin. Uh, yeah, so uh, uh, yeah, um, he uh, he said, uh, well, yeah, this poltergeist, uh, something is coming up and slapping my uh, my cabin, and uh, yeah, we, well, my mate uh, <laughs> mate sort of raised his eyebrows, and uh, and then uh, the neighbour proceeded to tell him. Uh, as well as the, the slapping on his cabin, he had a, uh, a thermometer uh, tied in a, uh, a tree, and uh, it was with fencing wire, and it was you know, basically uh, you know, um, twisted uh, at a height of about um, uh, seven foot, and uh, but not once, but twice, it had been untwisted. And then thrown into the uh, into the grass. So uh, yeah, obviously, uh, whatever this was was um, uh, making a run through the area, and uh, uh, basically into everyone's business. Okay. Yeah, it it sounds like you know he was definitely close enough for it to be the same, you know, creature. You know, it's only twelve hundred meters. That's it's only about fifteen hundred yards, right? That's not that. That's not that far apart. Yeah, no, uh, dead right though. Uh, uh, yeah, it's um, uh, a case of uh, yeah, you're, you're really looking, and uh, and uh, <laughs> with a little bit of sweat on the brow uh, when you're uh, when you're aware of uh, actually what's uh, what's happening there. Yeah, it's okay. It's so. Uh, Mate, I, I finally get down there. So uh, uh, we pull up. Um, my mate, uh, we go down in his vehicle. Uh, we pull up, and uh, uh, my first thoughts were um, a, a quick uh, walk around the cabin. And basically, I was looking for uh, dips <laughs> uh, in the uh, uh, in the metal structure of uh, or the metal part of the uh, cabin. Anyway, so, uh, or there's a, a little bit of glass as well. It's got um, uh, glass windows and uh, double sliding door on the front. So, uh, yeah, I, I'm looking for, uh, you know, <laughs> uh, hand marks or um, uh, face masks, you know, pushed up against the glass, you know. And uh, um, anyway, so I proceed to walk around 
and uh, I got to the back side of the cabin. And uh, there was a, uh, an air vent, or just above the air vent, was a handprint. And uh, it was like nothing I'd ever seen before. I, uh, I immediately called my mate over. He was still uh, um, putting gear inside the cabin. And my mate uh, walked around. I could hear him coming. And he had one look, and he just looked at me and said, Rod, please tell me you just did that. And I said, no, mate. <laughs> I said, it looks like you've had a visitor. Now, the, the hen mark itself, um, it, it's probably at a, a height of maybe four, four and a half feet. But as I said, it's, it's um, in very close proximity to this air vent. Um, I can only imagine that it had placed its hand there, uh, bent down and, and basically put its nose up against the vent, uh, maybe took a couple of uh, strong uh, breaths in, and uh, to, just to see if anyone, anyone was actually in the cabin. So, uh, yeah, um, uh, we were both uh, a little bit nervous after that find. Um, I will make mention... Um, uh, the area is, uh, uh, well, it, it, it's famous for its granite. <laughs> so uh, 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 all the area around the uh, cabin itself is decomposed granite. Fairly noisy underfoot, but um, very, very hard. Uh, I hope I never see a footmark on it because it would have to uh, be massive to uh, actually make any, uh, it's like concrete basically. So uh, if I saw a footprint there, it was, <laughs> yeah, you'd have to seriously consider um, um, maybe another alternative. <laughs> so that was all good. Um, we uh, got settled in and we did have um, my mate's dog with us. So, uh, uh, um, my mate's very proud of the property and uh, he said, let's go for a drive. Now, the dog, uh, it's a, a very well, very well-trained dog. Uh, doesn't react to game animals at all. Um, so very easy. You know, let it go. It's not going to uh, worry anything uh, on the property. Uh, but it will react to people. So, and uh, and uh, she certainly lets you know if uh, uh, someone's around that shouldn't be there. Okay, so we've um, headed east from the cabin. Uh, just uh, you know, a reasonable, well-formed uh, uh, bush track. Uh, heading east and uh, into some uh, improved pasture. Okay, so uh, cruising along. A uh, slight bit of a rise, probably could see out um, reasonably flat ground, as I said, improved pasture with a tree line at about, oh, directly in front of us at about 600 metres. And we probably closed that down to about 400 when the, uh, the dog, who was basically sound asleep on the uh, back seat, sprung to life. Jammed herself between us and just stared intently 
directly in front of the vehicle. And uh, not a word was said. We pulled up. We looked. And well, I suppose we, we sat there for about five minutes and just trying to make a, a sense of what the dog was trying to indicate. Um, de definitely uh, no one on the property uh, at that stage. Uh, with the dog, with the 1,000-mile uh, stare, uh, in the end, um, uh, we just uh, shrugged our shoulders, <laughs> sucked it up and uh, continued driving. But, uh, it, yeah, it was just uh, one of those moments. The um, Yeah, it was a very intense concentration. But, uh, yeah, it, it, it is what it is. Um, whether there was something there or the neighbor, the, the dog certainly indicated. So um, now, uh, uh, one more uh, incident that occurred there. Uh, again, this was um, after the uh, 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 my trip down there. The neighbor turned up again, and. Uh, Again, we're still mentioning this uh, poltergeist. And uh, anyway, a, uh, uh, a game animal had been taken. And, uh, uh, you yeah, uh, know, quite a nice trophy. And uh, it was, uh, you yeah, know, put in the pot to uh, boil the skull and uh, antlers out. Anyway, yeah, they'd, they'd kept a, an eye on it all night. And... Uh, uh, Probably gone to bed at a reasonable hour. <laughs> anyway, uh, woke up in the morning, uh, the pot upturned, and the uh, uh, the skull and ant was missing um, and not recovered. Uh, again, it is what it is. Um, I really can't see a uh, a dingo or a uh, a wild pig coming in and, and basically taking a uh, uh, you know, bone out of uh, out of the pot. Um, uh, all the meat had been removed um, uh, before they'd gone to bed, so it was just basically boiled away, uh, whitening the skull up. So um, yeah, um, very very interesting. The uh, uh, no previous well, no previous history as far as I'm aware on the property. Uh, most of the Yowie incidents, um, maybe an hour, an hour to the uh, uh, the east of the property. Um, uh, yeah, you get into that country, and um, there is a lot of uh, uh, recorded activity there and sightings. So um, yeah, that's uh, that wraps up uh, this one. Uh, as I said. Uh, it's still ongoing. Oh, I, I will make mention. When I first asked um, my mate about the slapping, um, I'd basic, because things were flowing with what was happening, um, I'd basically uh, tucked the uh, slapping into a little corner in my head and uh, I hadn't uh, made further inquiries. Uh, speaking to my mate, um, uh, it wasn't two or three times. This was to the point of um, uh, just just craziness. Uh, he said at one stage there, 
it was um, three times out of four trips down. This um, this constant slapping on the side of the uh, cabin. So um, yeah, uh, at that stage, very very active. So um, yeah, uh, uh, Bo, that's my uh, my first Yowie uh, uh, incident. Um, so uh, yeah, found it uh, very interesting. Uh, always talking to anyone that would listen <laughs> about it. Being a night shift worker on the uh, defence base, uh, there's always uh, breaks and uh, and stories and incidents. And uh, uh, I've been lucky um, uh, in life. Uh, my mates and uh, and the people around me are always willing to listen. You know, I've, I've never. I've never been sort of um, told you're a fool, you're an idiot. Uh, I, I can only put forward what uh, uh, what uh, has been experienced there. So, um, yeah, interesting. Very, very interesting. It, you're and, right. Uh, that, that is interesting, uh, Rod. Um, did your friend, did he, did he already believe in Yowie at that point? Or did... Or did it take something like this to convince him that it was real? Yeah, Bo. Um, uh, well, my mate uh, was uh, born on a, uh, a farming property, but I just, I just don't think he was in the right area. You know, the uh, these things they they just love this southeast corner of Queensland. Uh, <laughs> the, uh, we could bring football into it, but um, yeah, he's from over the border. <laughs> but he's still a good guy, you know. Well, we'll forgive him, and he does follow Queensland, so uh, that's even better. But um, no, as I said, when when you first mentioned, well, when I first asked, you know, have you had anything strange happen down there? And his and his face just dropped, you know. Yeah. Um, I, I, I take it that he'd, he'd never experienced anything like this before, you know. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it, um, uh, it is what it is. He puts up with it. Uh, as I say, uh, uh, he has his dog with him, and uh, uh, he always has plan A, B, C, and D. So, um, yeah, it's... Uh, uh, and look over your shoulder. <laughs> you know? so, yeah. yeah, that's that, that's the uh, uh, yeah, that's the incident down there. That is very interesting. So, uh, hmm. Okay, so um, uh, we'll get on to the next uh, the next Yowie one. Yeah, and and this is this is very interesting. Um, as I said, I've, I've never never been too worried about um, uh, talking about my experiences, um, uh, and I, I don't know what it is. Um, people are willing to listen, you know, uh, which, which I find just amazing, you know. We, uh, who could believe um, that, uh, you know, something could exist out there? But then when you take into account that the majority of our population is in cities on coastlines, um, once you once you get over that great dividing range, um, well, um, very, very few cities. And uh, and yeah, population wise. So um, uh, yeah, okay. So um, now, uh, as I said, I'd uh, uh, told family and uh, and friends, and uh, yeah, they're all going wow. You know, this is you know. 
this is incredible. <laughs> you know, raised my eyebrow. Anyway, um, my niece, uh, uh, she's um, having a hard time, but just a just a great person. Anyway, she's um, she's got a carer, and uh, uh, a word must have filtered through uh, from my niece. And uh, anyway, they uh, they came over for a barbecue. And this was in oh, I'll just say uh, February of uh, of this year. So just before uh, 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 COVID nineteen sort of raised its what at the start of COVID nineteen. Anyway, so they, they come over for a barbecue, and uh, uh, the, uh, the the carer uh, Leonie, she's sort of well, they're both my partners in crime now. Anyway, uh, she just uh, looked up at me and she said, you've had a yearly experience or something along those lines. And could you tell me about it? So I um, proceeded to tell, tell her about it. But um, my niece had forewarned her. And she said, I've got, I've got a, a vocalisation on my phone that was taken in the uh, Gold Coast hinterland. And, uh, well, uh, yeah, uh, uh, my eyes lit up. And I said, well, let, let's have a listen. And uh, I, I, I've, I've heard a, a lot of the uh, vocalisations uh, from the States. And uh, this one was taken by two young guys. Uh, they parked up uh, basically on the side of the road somewhere down uh, in the hinterland. And uh, you could hear this thing coming up through the valley. And uh, it was, uh, uh, by, by the end of it, it, it sounded like it was quite intent to um, give these guys a real hard time. And uh, it, it's just um, absolutely, well, yeah, spine, spine tingly, chilling. Uh, I, I've never heard anything like it. The, uh, so um, after hearing that, uh, 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 Leanne and... Uh, uh, and my niece said, uh, uh, "Take us out." And uh, I, I, and then I, I said to Leanne, "Well, you find the spot. You, you nominate a spot. Do the research. Nominate a spot, and and we'll go." And uh, okay, so uh, uh, it was it wasn't too long, and uh, uh, we were all set. Now, um, uh, public road. Oh, actually, uh, yeah, multiple sightings through this area. Multiple sightings. Uh, I don't know whether you've heard of the uh, uh, the truck incident at uh, uh, Withering. So, um, uh, yeah, we, that's the area we headed to. Uh, Set back, had a, uh, a pub lunch, and we could still go to the pub. And uh, uh, probably... Uh, uh, let, let the team down a little bit. We uh, actually didn't get into position um, uh, until just on dark. But um, we, we drove the road, and uh, um, what what caught my eye was um, some roadworks happening there. Um, uh, the country itself is very, very thick, uh, almost rainforest. Uh, it does break away into... Um, uh, open improved pasture, but um, yeah, very very thick, and uh, 
we had a quick drive through in the daylight. Um, in hindsight, it would have been so much better. It would have made a, a lot more sense if um, we'd actually gone for a little bit of a walk. But um, it is what it is. So, um, UB, we uh, got into position just on uh, on dusk and got the deck chairs out uh, in Australia. They've taken their guns off us. So, um, um, for protection, we had a spotlight. <laughs> uh, quite a good spotlight, though. Um, we did have the tape recording, but uh, again, um, we've never had to use it. Uh, with, with this, whatever it was in fighting mode, I, I, I'm pretty loath to uh, actually play it. The, uh, but uh, yeah, uh, so I'll carry on. Uh, we, were, we were seated there, uh, just just a beautiful evening. Um, we were uh, uh, we had the vehicle positioned um, uh, for a quick get a, get away if needed. So um, uh, deck chairs out, uh, taking in the after, uh, well the evening, and we around twenty to seven. Uh, my niece, uncle. I've got to go to the toilet. So um, now the the layout of where we were was uh, uh, next to a main road uh, into a little cutting. Uh, it was flat for about I'd say maybe 20, 20 to twenty five metres, reasonably flat where the road came in on, and then it dropped into a valley to the east. So. Um, uh, here, my niece uh, proceeded directly out in front of us. Uh, you know, I turned my back and started humming <laughs> as her and Akira walked out there. And uh, anyway, I scurried back uh, pretty shortly uh, after they went out. And my niece said, Uncle, Uncle, you didn't hear me yelling for you. And I said, no, niece. <laughs> I did. I, I really didn't want to hear anything. And she said, uh, and then both they're both sort of nodding and saying, there's something down in front of us. So uh, we uh, we took our seats and we sat there and we listened. Um, I'd, I'd say within five minutes. Um, uh, if you put a clock face on it, directly in front was 12 o'clock. We had uh, six distinct, very quick bipedal footsteps um, coming in uh, directly at us uh, from about the 2 o'clock position. It, uh, as I said, six steps and it stopped. Uh, again, because I hadn't scouted the area, um, I, I was just trying to make uh, some sense of this. Um, so we're intently listening, and uh, everyone just basically frozen. <laughs> and then, uh, probably within a, a minute or two, we heard uh, what what sounded like a, a bush being pushed aside. Um, so, um, yeah, 
Amendment 2 basically is directly in front of us, and the bush was pushed aside. Um, it, it, it sounded a heavy bush uh, and, and a lot of scrub being moved. Um, and then um, a little bit of a break after that. And then seven bipedal footsteps from the 12, 12 o'clock position to approximately 10 o'clock. So this thing had come across in, in front of us. At that point, uh, discretion was the better part of valour, uh, especially having uh, my niece there. Um, the, uh, uh, never felt in danger at all. Uh, whatever it was, was felt to be very, very curious uh, about what we were doing. Uh, I will make mention now um, uh, up there, uh, you do get a, a, a constant uh, breeze off the ocean. Uh, the uh, ocean might be maybe. Uh, 40 to 50 kilometres away, but you get that nice ocean breeze. Um, at one stage, I did get a distinct odour. Now, the breeze was constant. Why this odour just floated in on its own and vanished? But I will describe it as a basically a rotting timber smell, that musty, uh, mouldy sort of smell. Uh, very timbery. Uh, Wafted in, wafted out. Now this was prior to any um, uh, picking up of any noises and uh, you know um, stuff under underfoot, uh, whatever whatever ever came in. So uh, yeah, we uh, we skedaddled, loaded everything up very quickly, and away we went. So. Uh, I don't know whether it was beginner's luck or <laughs> or we only found the perfect spot, but uh, an absolutely incredible experience. Definitely. Yeah, definitely. No, I've been a reasonable hunter most of my life and uh, lucky enough to chase some uh, uh, deer around. They like, yeah, spend a bit of time in the bush. And being a security officer, I certainly know what uh, footsteps in the dark are like. Right. So uh, there was no way that was a uh, any, uh, any sort of uh, uh, mammal um, or, or you know, Australian bush animal. Uh, yeah, no, it was uh, definitely on two feet. But the incredible thing was the, the speed. The speed that this thing came in. It, um, I, I don't know. I don't know. As I said, um, that area is renowned for aggressive encounters. Uh, luckily, um, we didn't have an aggressive encounter. Now the um, uh, things have settled down. Uh, luckily, um, uh, with uh, uh, the COVID virus, and we've managed. Uh, well, I've managed. We, we have managed <laughs> one more trip out. And then I, uh, I slipped out with another mate who was very curious to see um, what we were actually up to. So, um, and um, uh, in the hour department, um, all quiet. 
Um, now, and, and I, I, I find that interesting, mainly because it, it shows what an just unbelievable uh, first trip down there was. The um, uh, yeah, you can you, chalk and cheese. Uh, it makes you appreciate and think uh, about that first encounter. Yeah, yeah absolutely mind blowing. Now, we, uh, on the next visit down, we did go and actually <laughs> make the effort to go and have a look uh, at that area down below us. And uh, then it all made sense. And uh, yeah, I mean, uh, uh, yeah, for some reason. Uh, now, I, I put it down to that with the roadworks, and I just think they've just got a, a curiosity. They just have to see what we're up to, you know? And uh, yeah, that's exactly what I was saying. What's that, mate? I, I was just going to say that's exactly what I was thinking when you were talking about that, that it was just so curious. It, it had to come mm, in and yeah. get a closer look, you know? Yeah, yeah. well, um, roadworks was probably occurring maybe a, a kilometre down the road. But I, I, I thought it would, if there was roadworks there, it would hold. Uh, maybe hold a creature in the area, you know? Um, um, now, perfect area. It has, uh, as I said, very rainforesty. Uh, it has uh, uh, creeks and uh, a river system there. And, uh, uh, yeah, ideal habitat. Ideal habitat. Uh, well, if one was to guess, and we're only guessing with these things, you know? So, um, yeah, uh, that, at this stage... Uh, is my uh, uh, yelling canvas. So, um, um, but uh, as I said, uh, always keep moving me back, you know. Uh, there's so much area, so many encounters. Uh, if anyone's interested, just jump onto um, uh, um, maybe Australian, um, uh, anything Australian yelling. There's uh, a lot of reports there and, uh, and very well documented. So, um, yeah. Um, and there's, and there's a lot of people looking, you know, and uh, and a lot of people with uh, open minds. That's probably the main thing. So, uh, yeah, that, that's my two uh, uh, key encounters. Um, now, uh, I, I will, <laughs> while I've got you, though, uh, I will put out one of my theories. Only theory could be shot down straight away. But um, uh, being a hunter... And, and you know you you, you know your um, uh, the animals you're chasing. Um, it, it occurs to me that um, most animals, especially deer, they have uh, you know they've got their scent gland, uh, scent, scent glands, and they've got their boundaries, and uh, you know they mark their territories. So I'm thinking, um, you know. Uh, encounters between hunters uh, and fishermen, hikers. Um, basically, what's it, what's the first thing you do when you pull up? Uh, you, 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 get, you get out of your car and you go to the toilet. You know, slip behind a, a bush. If if these creatures are in the area and they see anyone doing that, you're, you're basically marking your territory. Um, and, they, and they live 
and they live there and, and you, you've got the audacity to say this is my spot by marking the territory. Um, yeah, so that's my theory on um, why things can get out of hand very, very quickly. I think you've only got to strike one on a bad day and, uh, uh, yeah, uh, you, you might be in for a, a lot of trouble. Uh, and maybe, maybe <laughs> because <laughs> all cause because you actually went to the toilet. So um, yeah, just a thought. So um, yeah, one of those moments, you know, when you're uh, <laughs> when you've got too much time on your hands on night shift, mate. <laughs> uh, I, I try not to do that. <laughs> well, you know, you might be onto something with that, though. Um, I never really considered that, you know. It would be like somebody coming into your living room and you know, pissing on your coffee table. <laughs> you know, you. <laughs> That's exactly right. That is exactly right. Well, yeah. um, uh, being a deer hunter, um, I, I saw a clip in New Zealand. Now, um, it was uh, a guy setting up a trail camera, and he uh, basically urinated on the uh, on the main trail had the camera there, and um, this camera had been in position for years. And three years after he'd been there and urinated in that spot, this this stag walked over a a little rise, head down, and it basically got, got to the spot where it urinated. And this was three years prior. And, uh, it, it just bolted, it threw its head back and gone. And that was after three years. The uh, 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 hard to imagine, but um, with with Sasquatch yowies, you know, these things, you know, they they are the forest, you know, or they are the bush. They um, I often think, you know, when I'm you know, chasing red deer, they know every. Every branch, every leaf, every trail, every wind drift, they, I, I thought they were the masters of the bush, right? being the you know, premier deer uh, trophy here in Australia. Uh, but that's, uh, you know, <laughs> people that chase different species, but they always like the reds. But, um, yeah, so I always thought they were the, uh, you know, the, the monarch of the glen. But, uh, yeah, uh, the more I uh, uh, see of Yowies and, and the, uh, you know, I've only had the two encounters with uh, what you'd probably call the Yowies, but um, I'm really starting to think they are the masters of the Glen. So, um, yeah, very interesting. Very interesting. And um, I will keep you up to date <laughs> with any more adventures. Hey, yeah, please do. Please do, because, you know, for me personally, I, I guess where I'm... I'm spoiled here in America with, you know, we have guns anywhere we go. <laughs> you know, I, I can't imagine being out there without some kind of firearm for protection. So that's, hats off to you, man, for going out there with a the spotlight and <laughs> just kicking back and waiting on them. I'd, that would be a little intense for me. Yeah, well, um, it, it was probably, probably more of, you know, what the heck? Because it, because it was all happening so very very quickly, you probably didn't have time to for the um, you know the old tension to rise too much. It was you know, as I said, 
we went in there with you know uh, with a plan, you know vehicle uh, pointed it in the right direction. Um, now we had the safe word. If anyone got panicky at all, uh, all we had to do was mention the safe word and we were out of there. You know, but uh, yeah, um, well yeah, it, it is what it is. You know, if you want to go and chase these things, um, yeah, you yeah, you just uh, you just got to grab it by the scruff of the neck and hope everything goes well. You know. But, yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, yeah, that's that's my two encounters with the owls. Um Spent a lot of time in the bush, as I said, you know, keen deer hunter, and uh, hunted a lot of country up uh, uh, north of Brisbane, up in the Brisbane Valley. Um, roughly a hundred years ago, uh, the Queen gave us a present of some uh, red deer, and uh, uh, they actually took off and uh, have done very well. But um, uh, Always thought in the back of my mind that's where I, I would have a, a Yowie experience. Um, back in 1979, two young fellas up in that area, uh, um, basically sort of uh, messing around by a creek there, actually heard one come in. And uh, uh, this was in the days when uh, you could have a rifle, and uh, they left a couple of 22s into it. So uh, they were quite adamant, I think, that they hit it. And uh, uh, then, uh, basically, Kilcoy became the uh, uh, the Yowie capital, you know. But um, yes, I spent a lot of a lot of time up in that uh, up in that country, uh, speaking to the property owner up there. The first time I met him, and uh, you know, we uh, sit around and have a beer and get to know each other. And uh, yeah, I basically <laughs> came out and blurted out, uh, "Have you ever seen a Yowie?" And uh, he, was a, he was a real character. And uh, he looked at me and he said, I've been in the district for 60 years and never, never seen a Yowie. And uh, I always, well, I, I took that on board, you know. Uh, he, uh, he, he was a fair dink of the sort of bloke, you know. And uh, if he hadn't seen one, well, I, I didn't think I'd ever come across one up there, you know. But uh, as I said, uh, completely different country. That's uh, sort of more open eucalypt, uh, a lot of uh, uh, pine uh, pine plantations through there, and uh, maybe not conducive to um, uh, encounters. Not saying that they're not there, but uh, uh, only a personal opinion. I think the, the hot spot is in that Gold Coast uh, hinterland. And, uh, yeah, um, that's where my uh, <laughs> my wanderings will take me, or me and my uh, <laughs> me and my girls. <laughs> yeah, there you so, go. Uh, yeah, yeah, all good, all good. Well, you know, I, I really appreciate you sharing those with me, Rod. And I don't know if you if you have time to get into it. I got a little bit of time if you, if you want to. Um, in your email, you mentioned a UFO sighting back around 1990. Um, I'd love to hear about that. Okay, mate. This episode is brought to you by Kia's first three-row all-electric SUV, the Kia EV9, with available all-wheel drive and seating for up to seven adults, with zero to 60 speed that thrills you one minute and available lounge seats that unwind you the next. Visit kia.com slash ev9 to learn more. 
Ask your Kia dealer for availability. No system, no matter how advanced, can compensate for all driver error and or driving conditions. Always drive safely. Hey, everybody. I'm very excited to announce that I now have a website for the podcast. It's thebumppodcast.com. It's pretty simple. It has links to all the episodes, cover art for each show, and also links to pick up merch and to my sponsors and more. Um, I put a section in there for submissions. So if you have some art that you want to send in or some photos that uh, go along with your stories or stories that you've heard, uh, or even some, if you want to write some short stories yourself and send them in, uh, they might make it to the website. I got a place for it. Uh, I'm doing it all by myself, and I'm not very tech savvy, so just bear with me as everything grows. But I want to thank you guys and uh, just tell you I love you and thank you very, very much for the support. And I just wanted to take a minute to uh, mention my new sponsor, Hemp Bombs, the CBD company. If you're looking for a fun and easy way to boost your overall wellness and increase positivity, you got to try the CBD gummies. They offer a number of benefits that can improve your outlook and make every day smoother. Uh, for me, I love the benefits it gives me of a peaceful night's sleep and the arthritis relief. Um, I, I just basically quit taking ibuprofen altogether because I get everything I need out of the CBD gummies. Uh, it's, it's totally changed my life. I've been taking them for over a year now. And I also wanted to point out that I don't know if you've tried them in the past, but Starting this summer, they revamped their gummies, their oils, and a few other products to now have more, up to double the amount of CBD per product without increasing the price. So instead of getting five gummies, now you get like nine in a pack. It's a total money saver. Uh, it also means by that that they have the best price per milligram of any CBD in the industry. And they're the only CBD company that manages, manages their entire supply chain from feed, uh, from seed, sorry, from seed to sale. So they, they're over it all. They do send out their products to a third-party lab for testing to validate the potency of all their products. And uh, they, they make those test results very easily available to the public. Um, they're located in over 25,000 stores nationwide. But if you go to hempbombs.com, hempbombs and use my promo code BUMP20, you can save 20% on any purchase site-wide, big or small. They have a 30-day money-back guarantee, so there's absolutely nothing to lose. And they have a huge product assortment to help the customer to find out what product works best for them. Um, like I said, I use the gummies, but they also just came out with a pet line, um, oils and uh, pet treats for your, for your dogs. They also have uh, lollipops, they have lip balms, they, uh, they have lotions, you know, so you can, you know, topical relief lotions, they have stuff for pain, they have heat treatments, ice treatments, bath bombs, and they have everything you can think of. Just go check out the website at hempbombs.com and use promo code BUMP20 and get yours today and try it out. Well, I'll, I'll start in the beginning as far as... Um uh, my, my thoughts on UFOs. Um, uh, I, I, I remember at a very young age, probably the first book I ever read. Uh, read. Uh, it was it, it covered various stories, but um, there was one in there about uh, uh, an American uh, pilot. Uh, I think his name might have been uh, Thomas Mattel, 
and he actually chased one of these in his uh, fighter plane. And uh, yeah, you put these things in little boxes, and uh, being being very very young, you know, uh, uh, I just read it and said, "Yep, these things are there," you know. Um, I didn't know any any different. And uh, um, going on, um, uh, lived in Toowoomba, and this was probably about 1974. 73, 74, around that, around that time. And our local uh, radio station, uh, 4GR, had made mention of uh, people seeing uh, UFOs in the skies over Toowoomba. Uh, 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 might have been reported in the local paper as well. Anyway, uh, in those days, <laughs> I, uh, I was a, a reasonably keen... Well, I, I, I seem to remember... Uh, uh, playing with the CB radio, which I had set up as a uh, base station in uh, uh, in a little room at the back of the house. Anyway, Mum was hanging out the uh, the washing on the clothes line, and she she yelled out, "Rod, Rod, come quick, come quick!" And I ran outside, and she said, "Look up!" And uh, here were uh, two metallic. Uh, balls, um, very, very high. Um, coloration was like a, a, a dull lead colour. Um, not quite dull, very similar. And um, basically straight straight above us at, at a great height. So. And uh, these things were doing manoeuvres that, um, uh, well, nothing, nothing was capable of doing. Um, that we have, you know, and this was back in uh, you know mid seventies. And uh, anyway, yeah, I might have watched them uh, uh, with Mum for maybe two or three minutes until the neck got sore. Basically, yeah, put it in a little box and thought, "Geez, that's interesting." Um, what I'd read <laughs> was true, you know. And uh, so that was that was the first one, and it it it, it had primed me, but. Um, yeah, that these uh, UFOs are around. Okay, so we get to um, uh, the early 90s. Uh, and as I said, uh, really enjoyed the outdoors and uh, had uh, uh, three other mates, keen fishermen, and uh, uh, out on the Darling Dam Sea. Uh, we used to chase uh, Yellowbelly and uh, Murray Cod. And uh, we used to, uh, uh, well, lucky enough to have access to uh, a property called Walk On Station. So um, it, it was decided that uh, um, we would uh, head away for a weekend fishing. And uh, I, I distinctly remember it being a, uh, a carnival flowers weekend. Uh, Toowoomba has a big carnival there floats and everything and uh, heaps of visitors, so um, it's time to go fishing. <laughs> it's just not safe in the roads. <laughs> anyway, so uh, yeah, we packed all our gear up and a uh, uh, little uh, um, Subaru Brumby, so just a, a very small um, uh, vehicle. Uh, I think, yeah, four or five. I'm pretty sure it had a... Uh, uh, 
uh, low range, high range boxing it, and uh, trailer on the back, and away we went. Uh, now, um, uh, we always made a point of uh, calling into the uh, 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 the Condamine pub. Uh, so uh, basically, fishing the Condamine River, and there's a township called Condamine. Uh, walk on station was probably two at campsite, uh, maybe just under an hour away. So we, we called into the, uh, the Condamine pub, and uh, mate, I have no problem saying that uh, uh, we all, uh, well, those that were not um, <laughs> not feeling sick, um, yeah, we all had a couple of beers. Uh, the driver, Greg, um, he was feeling a little bit under the weather, uh, just not 100%. Uh, so he um, he didn't drink that night at all. So um, yeah, I can state that categorically. Uh, good time was had by all. Uh, I, I reckon we got away from the pub about all over. So uh, yeah, and basically you head west. Um, it's a uh, uh, the road west. It, uh, in those days, uh, reasonably well travelled by. Um, but the majority of the heavy vehicles, uh, they were on a, a highway uh, further north. So, um, uh, yeah, away we went. And uh, to get to walk, uh, walk on at that stage, um, uh, out of town away, and uh, chuck a left, follow it down to the river. Uh, that's where Walk On Station was at that stage. And then uh, we either turned... Uh, uh, right there and follow the river up. Okay, so we got to that stage. We're actually on, we're, we're following the river up. And anyway, we might have, might have been in maybe 500 metres, 200 metres. And I, uh, uh, Tony and I were in the back of the um, Super Rudy. Uh, so this has got a canopy on it, and it's like a loop. And uh, so we've got our back up against the uh, wall, and you see, I had to physically turn around to, uh, you know, if you wanted to see uh, where you were going, and, or, you know, tap on the window and yell at the driver. Anyway, for um, uh, some reason, I, I, I turned around uh, uh, to see how, you know, what progress we were making. And I could see Greg, who's the driver, I should explain, his father Bob was next to him and uh, Tony and myself in the back. Anyway, I, I turned around and I could see Greg had sort of craned his neck down so he could look up. And uh, I thought, oh, that's an unusual posture. So I tapped on the window and I, I said, you know, what are you looking at? And he just pointed. So um, we, we were heading west. Uh, along the river road, and um, if if we're heading directly west, um, it, it's the, the, the ground sloped away, um, not majorly, but just a, a nice gradual slope down uh, uh, to the west and, and southwest. Uh, at about uh, I, I reckon maybe 15 kilometres, there was a ridge. So way out. Um, but yeah, um, 
looked uh, looked up and he he was this light, um, definitely not a star, which we're going to find out later, and uh, just a, a very intense light. Um, uh, estimated at that time maybe 12, uh, 12 uh, kilometres uh, just uh, uh, south of west. So um, I'm looking at it. Well, we're all looking at the scene. And anyway, uh, I think Greg made mention we had one more gate to go through and uh, it was decided that uh, we'd pull up and go through the gate pull up on the other side and have a look at this thing and just, just watch. So, um, yeah, we, uh, we made the gate and went through. Uh, we were let out <laughs> like mongrel dogs out of the back of the, uh, back of the week. And uh, we all propped ourselves on the, uh, on the bull bar and we're looking uh, down to the southwest. Anyway, this light was slowly getting closer and closer. Um, now, it, it was intense. It, it was that intense, um, it was almost solid. It was just nothing like I'd ever seen before. It was just absolutely brilliant. And uh, so we're sitting there watching this thing and it's coming closer and closer. I will make mention at this point that we all had cameras. I've been keen fishermen. We all wanted to capture our, uh, our fish we caught. And no one, no one had the presence of mind because we were just, just taken in with this thing coming up through the day. Okay, so... At probably five kilometres, um, to me it became apparent that it was it was following the course of the river, and uh, I, I, I maintain that it was surveying the river. Uh, why or where, I have no idea. But um, that's what it appeared to be doing. So, uh, and at this stage, we were approximately. Oh, 250 to 300 metres uh, north of the river. So if this thing was going to hold true with what I thought it was doing, it was going to pass uh, within you know, 250 to 300 metres of us. So we're sitting there watching this thing and uh, uh, estimation of speed, I would say maybe 20, 20 to 25 kilometres an hour. Okay, so we're watching it. Now, um, uh, our rivers here, we have river gums. And, uh, uh, yeah, around the river's quite substantial, quite high. So um, we're watching this thing. And it's coming closer and closer. And I would estimated maybe 600 metres. It became <laughs> apparent what this craft was. Um, 
so it's it's sweeping down from our uh, right to left, and it's getting closer. And uh, there wasn't, uh, you know, brilliant starlight, but I, I don't remember a moon, and which made the the light more intense. So it's getting closer and closer. Uh, at that point, it starts to block out uh, the stars. Uh, behind it as it's moving. And, uh, yeah, they're, they're just absolutely spelled. Well, I was absolutely spellbound. Um, it started blocking out the uh, starlight and it was just uh, absolute classic flying saucer shape. Uh, just after that point, it became apparent um, uh, running, line, uh, running lights uh, around the bottom edge of it. Um, there was like just a, the slightest pod shape where the uh, where this intense um, spotlight or survey light. Um, uh, it's hard to describe, but um, so yeah, just so bright. Um, yeah, down that outer edge, there was a series of lights. Um, uh, in my mind, they were um, uh, uh, red, uh, a lot of red. But just the uh, occasionally the tinge of green through it, and then uh, anyway, it uh, got to its closest point, and uh, uh, it just flabbergasted. Uh, and then it started to uh, depart. And uh, I, I think I, I said to these boys, "I'm glad that thing didn't stop." And uh, well, that was that was it for our sighting. It, it just not a noise, no noise, absolute silence, but the most intense light. It, it was like it was solid. It was just incredible. Uh, it, not like a torchlight. It was just yeah, yeah, hard to describe. Um, yeah, so um, uh, uh, the colour of the craft couldn't quite tell. As I said, you know, um, uh, it was blocking out the star, uh, the stars behind it. Um, definitely see the shape. No noise. Um, just crazy stuff. So we uh, gathered our faculties and then jumped in the vehicle. Uh, directly in front of us was the uh, uh, the first campsite. Um, uh, we usually, um, yeah, there's not too many, in those days, not too many people would use the fishery either. Anyway, so we got down onto the river itself, and, uh, more very close to the bank, and we followed that down. And here's some fishermen there. Uh, camp was uh, uh, all skill, and we, uh, from what I remember, we basically walked into the camp screaming, "Did you see it? Did you see it? You had to have seen it!" And uh, they basically came out bleary-eyed and uh, wondering what, what these crazy guys were up to, you know. But uh, yeah, so um, they had that uh, camp spot, so we uh, we ended up. Uh, a little bit further to the west and came uh, another spot there. Set up camp for the night and then uh, put a couple of lines in. A couple of, well, you know, they're starting to get fairly late by then, really late. And uh, pick them in at dawn the next morning, uh, the sound of helicopter. Uh, the first one flew over at um, maybe. 400 feet, uh, 
gave us a wave on the way through and we just looked at each other and went, we saw something last night. About an hour later, another helicopter went through. He was at treetop level. Uh, again, they gave us a wave. And uh, we're going, we definitely saw something. You know? it, it just, they were, they were following the river and obviously following what had ever come through the, um, uh, you know, a couple of hours before. So all good. The fishing was superb. Um, always got to feed the fish. And we headed back into, uh, into Toowoomba. Anyway, uh, the Toowoomba Chronicle, uh, that Monday morning, it, uh, it reported a, uh, uh, a meteor sighted uh, west um, over Surat, uh, Roma, uh, heading east. Apparently, it got just to the uh, west of Toowoomba and took a right-hand turn. And then it was next spotted at uh, Glen Innes, which is um, uh, definitely a right-hand turn in New South Wales. Um, I don't even know why they didn't even publish that story, because common sense says meteorites do not do right-hand turns. So um, they're just absolutely rubbish. <laughs> but, yeah. So, um, now, um, I had a mate uh, who was a truck driver. He was doing a timber run, and he was on the uh, major highway uh, to the uh, north of where we were. And uh, I caught up with him um, a couple of days later. Uh, I knew he was out there on that uh, Friday night. And I said, mate, did you see anything strange in the sky to the south? He just looked at me. I said, yeah, I saw it. And I said, yeah, we saw it as well. <laughs> so, um, yeah, uh, we had multiple witnesses reported in the paper. Um, and uh, well, it, yeah, that sighting basically... Uh, uh, changed, changed, um, changed my life really. Um, I wanted to see another one, <laughs> I really did. And, uh, 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 and we got time for my last uh, UFO one, mate. You sure. Okay. Now, as I said, this that well, that, that just changed my life. Yeah. Uh, I would tell everyone who would listen about my UFO and get it, you know. Anyway, so um, as I said, I was a, a pretty keen hunter, um, but at that, at that stage, I was a uh, motor mechanic, and I, I'd had enough of um, uh, turning spatters. Anyway, um, we acquired a, uh, another hunting block up in the Brisbane Valley, and uh, one of the chaps um, uh, worked for a security company and knew I was uh, keen on... Uh, changing jobs. And and he approached me and said, uh, well, why don't you come and work for us? And, well, my eyes lit up. Uh, work on the defence base, and if I was ever going to see another UFO, it, it had to be on a defence base. So, but it took it took eight years until uh, I finally saw one. And then, when I, well, when I experienced it, um, there's always a doubt in my mind at that stage um, that it was a, um, a weather event or 
atmospheric, you know. But I'll, I'll, I'll quickly run through uh, uh, the incident. We, uh, uh, we, we were, I had a trainee with me, and uh, we were doing a, uh, a perimeter run with uh, our vehicle heading uh, uh, from the south to the north, and uh, we had a couple of concrete culverts there, and uh, uh, my trainee was, well, was a pretty reserved sort of guy, you know. <laughs> well, he was. Anyway, uh, we went through the uh, first concrete culvert, and uh, as I said, heading north. And as the as we we're coming out of the, the up through the um, just a little jump up on, on the concrete. <laughs> Uh, at about 40 degrees and maybe five or six kilometres out, a uh, electric turquoise coloured teardrop formed in the sky, and then basically it looked like it dripped through the sky uh, down. There was a slight, um, a slight uh, rise between us and it, and it just dropped down below the horizon there. I never said a word to uh, my trainee. We got to the second one and just started to turn the corner. And uh, he, he let out this huge explosion, <laughs> as one would, uh, with uh, the end, see that. <laughs> and I said, yes, I, I did see that. And he said, he said you, you didn't react. I said, I was waiting to see the incident. <laughs> so um, in the back of my mind, uh, as I said, I, I thought it might have been atmospheric or maybe, uh, uh, you know, a weather event of some sort. But then uh, doing a little bit of reading, um, uh, I found a uh, an encounter in uh, the UK, uh, which is very, very, very similar to what uh, uh, myself and my trainee had uh, seen in, uh, in the skies there. So... Uh, I would almost be tempted to put it into um, uh, UFO category. Yeah. yeah, so that's um, that's my three UFO uh, encounters there, though. And uh, I hope you've been, uh, uh, enjoyed them. Absolutely right. That 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 experience you had around 1990 that would have changed my life too, man. Um, that takes away any Mate, kind of skepticism. And as I said, I wanted to see another one. When given the opportunity, I just jumped at it, mate. I, I, if you if you if you, you don't see one on a defence base, there's something wrong. <laughs> but uh, the uh, oh, how's the time? The time starting to get on, mate. I've um, uh, I've got a couple of interesting uh, ghost stories, but we might catch up uh, at a later date. Oh wow. But, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'd like to uh, tell you about a couple of, uh, yeah. As I said, mate, I, I tend to put things in boxes, and I don't like to mix the boxes up. Um, with, with the hours, um, I, I, I just like to think of them as a, a flesh and blood creature. Uh, but, uh, but, you know, just keep the boxes separated. I... Uh, yeah, a couple of ghost, uh, ghost encounters, but um, yeah, I just don't want to put uh, you know the wee factor into uh, yowie encounters. Uh, 
number one, it, it just take away the pleasure of being out bush, you know. If these things start uh, slipping in and out or whatever they could do, you know. But, uh, yeah, I just don't want to go down that path at this stage. <laughs> hey, I, I understand that completely. Well, Rod, I hope you yeah, enjoy your so, trip. Mate, mate, I have thoroughly enjoyed having a yarn with you, mate. And uh, as I said, I'm looking forward to uh, uh, catching up uh, uh, next time. And uh, best of luck, mate. Best of luck and uh, best wishes to you and your family. Hey, and, thank and you. And the listeners. <laughs> hey, Thanks, thank mate. you. Catch up. See you later, Rod. Thank you, and good luck on your fishing trip. Thank you for listening to this week's episode, guys. I hope you enjoyed it. If you did, please go to wherever you listen to podcasts from and leave me a five-star rating and review. You can follow me on Facebook at The Bump Podcast. I'm on Instagram under the same name and Twitter. Um, If you have a story that you'd like to share, please feel free to message me on any of those platforms and I'll be sure to get back to you. Or you can email me at thebumppodcast at gmail.com. That's thebumppodcast at gmail.com. And last but not least, be sure to check out the merchandise that I have now. It's on my Facebook page. I have links to everything. It's on Teespring. You can find it as The Bump Podcast or The Bump Podcast Bigfoot on teespring i have lots of merch i got a whole lot more coming out um all of the artwork i'm doing it myself i'm designing everything myself so it's a it's a lot of work on my end but i'm just hoping that i put something out there that you guys can enjoy so thanks again for listening and don't stop believing